Night Falls on Marvel, and so today we're going to talk about Moon Knight and Morbius on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 145 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hello, Brian. And today, as we are recording, it is April the 1st, April Fool's Day. Oh, I miss Think Geek. Uh, Yes, I was (laughs) definitely going to bring that up. April Fool's has never been as good as when Think Geek was still out there, and Mm -hmm. we always waited to see those products and wonder what they were going to offer. It was the one thing about April 1st that I look forward to, (laughs) because sometimes the products would actually be made they would find out that they were people so, wanted them people yes. wanted them and if it were actually physically possible they could make them and there was a few of them i remember unicorn meat was one of them the tauntaun sleeping bag was one of them oh yeah they did an electronic hoodie it was called the technomancer hoodie that it had led lights in the sleeves and in the hood uh-huh. and it had a sound chip and as you would make different gestures with your hands it would do fireballs or water or different spells <laughs> yes. and things like that. And that one, I think it took them a little longer to figure out how to actually do it. Mm-hmm. But they did come out with it eventually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do miss Think Geek and mm-hmm. because they had the best stuff, especially around April 1st. You always just, you just waited yes. to find out, oh, what are they going to post? Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to, I don't even think anything this year, as far as April Fool's jokes, I don't think there was really anything notable. No, I remember last year, there was a video announcement saying that Kitchen Nightmares was coming back. And oh, it got me. I was like, yay, more Kitchen Nightmares. And I was distraught. I was distraught. The April Fool's jokes that are malicious and mean like that, (sighs) that's not good. I, I think United Emirates, they did one this year where they said they were doing an Emirates Eats where they were going to deliver food. (laughs) <laughs> you can't deliver food by a plane. I know BBC posted that Tom Holland was going to be the next doctor. Oh, shot through the heart, man. That would, <laughs> I bet a lot of people are very upset about that. Yeah. And like I said, yeah, I miss Think Geek. Mm-hmm. I really do. I will tell you the meanest joke that anyone posted this year. I think it was Bleeding Cool that did it. They posted that the reviews were in for Morbius and that the reviews were almost universally positive. And um, (laughs) and that was a really mean joke to play. (laughs) But yes, they did. Here's the thing. Maybe that was the meanest one, or maybe the post about Benedict Cumberbatch going to do uh, new episodes of Sherlock. (gasps) They posted, somebody posted that. I'm glad I missed that because I I would have been upset and crying over that too. Like, you liars. (laughs) Why would you do that? Why would you? Yeah. The thing about it was they posted... I forget what the episodes were called, but they said, here's the three episodes, and the last word in all of them were like, April Fool's Day. (sighs) Like, yeah, you sons. But but yeah, so Bleeding Cool, I think it was Bleeding Cool, Mm -hmm. posted that Morbius got some great reviews, (laughs) but I did go see it. And... (laughs) Really? (laughs) It wasn't bad. But that bad, the way you said bad did not sound... Good. It wasn't good. 
Okay, the same tone, but about the same thing. So we're like middle of the road. Here's a word I've used before. Meh. Uh, uh-huh. And I'm starting to think now that maybe I hate meh more than I hate bad. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting to think maybe I prefer bad because... Mm-hmm. Like you Sharknado, know, you're meaning it to be bad kind of thing. I don't even care if they mean for it to be bad. I think I'd just rather a movie be bad. <laughs> you, you go to a dinner and you get served mashed potatoes. With no salt or pepper on it, just mashed potatoes. Now, if it's a great meal, of course, you're going to enjoy it. If it's a bad meal, you're going to spit it out and it's over. Mm-hmm. But you get that spoon of mashed potatoes and it's it's, it's not bad enough you're going to stop eating it. <laughs> but it's not what you wanted. And huh. it just keeps going on and on. you just one <laughs> spoonful of bland mashed potato, one after the other, no flavor. Look, I'm not saying all Marvel movies have been good. I've certainly have seen some that I didn't like at all. Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of words I've used to describe Marvel movies, positive and negative. But one word I never thought I would ever use to describe a Marvel movie is boring. Mm-hmm. This was one of the most boring Marvel movies wow. I have ever seen. Huh. It felt like a CBS movie of the week. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Hey, weren't there a couple of Incredible Hulk movies back in the day that were made for TV? So <laughs> Yeah. And they were more exciting than this. <laughs> yes. Good. I'm going to try a little experiment here. Do you remember the trailers for Morbius? Yes. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what do you remember of the trailer? Was it was it Matt Smith? Who was the... Mm-hmm. Matt okay, Smith. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can remember Matt Smith and him talking about getting a cure Okay. for whatever was wrong with him. That's... And, and he, then he said, I was Venom. No, I'm kidding. I'm Michael Morbius. And you remember that part of it. And that's about yeah, it? That's about it, yeah. Okay, so based off of that, what do you think the plot of this movie was? That Dr. Morbius is trying to find a cure for whatever's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. And so he turns to vampirism and finds out it's more of a curse than a cure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So you could just what, watch the trailer and it'd be fine. Let me ask you, what do you think happened to Matt Smith's character? Uh, he turned into an evil vampire. Ta-da! Oh, okay. All yeah. right. So... And that was supposed to be a the twist. The big twist, the big surprise. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, they laid that out in the trailer. I just figured that was going to happen. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's basically it. He has a blood disease, and Matt Smith's character, Lucian, who he calls Milo, because he gives him a nickname, he has the same blood disease, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Morbius comes up with this cure, and Milo steals it, uses it, and it becomes a vampire. And a lot of people have criticized Marvel movies that sometimes, especially like with the first one, that you basically just have the hero fighting an evil version of themselves. That's what they tend to lean to. And that's what we got here. Okay. But... Part of what, and there's going to be spoilers for the movie, although, mm-hmm. quite frankly, like you said, if you've seen the trailer, you pretty much know, know how Know what's going to happen, yeah. There was a moment when Milo is in the lab and winds up stealing the formula. The way they edited the scene, to make it look like he didn't have enough time to grab it, mm-hmm. which is basically bad editing because you know, you're trying to cover up your twist by making it impossible. Mm-hmm. Although you've edited it to make it look like he didn't have time to do it. But I wasn't here thinking, well, he didn't have time to do it. It was like the moment the scene was over, I'm like, man, they screwed up the editing. Uh, uh Because they made it look like he didn't have enough time to steal it. And I know he stole it. 
I had never seen the movie before, but I knew where it was going. Yes. <laughs> and they had another scene where a nurse gets drained, and they were going to make it look like Michael did it. Mm-hmm. But I don't even think anybody was shocked when you find out later it was Milo. Uh-huh. It's like when it was happening, when we were not supposed to know that Milo had stolen the formula and had turned himself into a vampire and was going to mm-hmm. kill this nurse. We all knew. Uh-huh. There was no real tension in this movie at all. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any moment where you had no idea what was going to happen or you had any doubt that Morbius was going to come through. And I don't know if it was the story or I don't know if it had anything to do with the way it was edited. Mm -hmm. But every bit of tension was drained out of this movie. Like a good story vampire that had sucked out all the best parts and left (laughs) the corpse of of this movie. There was literally no tension. The solution to kill the other vampire, Morbius just whipped it up in the lab because of course he did. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not, how are we going to stop him? He's, let's come up with this, and let's have our really crappy-looking CGI fight Oh, at the end of it, (laughs) which didn't last but a couple of minutes, or at least it just (laughs) didn't really feel like it. And here's the thing, too. It was one of the least bloodiest vampire movies I'd ever seen in my life. Was it PG-13? Yes. Okay. And Morbius, during the story, one of the uh, MacGuffins was that he had invented artificial blood. Oh, okay. That was creamy blue. Why it needed to be that, Hmm. except to make sure that you didn't think that it was possibly blood. It looked like a melted blue smoothie. So we're talking like maxi pad commercial rules? Yes. Okay. Very Mm -hmm. much the best description. And (laughs) uh, in more ways than one. But this was the stuff that he was drinking. Because, of course, he doesn't want to kill people. But right next to the blue smoothie bags were blood bags. Actual <laughs> blood bags. He didn't have to kill anybody. Uh-huh. He could have just drank the regular blood because the blue blood, he could survive off of that. But he would, as time went along, it didn't last him as long. Normally, he could go six hours after drinking and he wouldn't get hungry. Mm-hmm. But then it was like five hours then four hours. Okay. And... So the artificial blood was losing its effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And so that would have been an interesting time clock Mm -hmm. if they'd have done anything with it. But this is a guy in a hospital who has access to bags of blood. Yeah. So why doesn't he just use that? Maybe, if I were writing the story, yeah, maybe the more that he drinks of regular blood the more monstrous that he becomes. Mm-hmm. And so he has to, he's using the artificial blood so he doesn't sink into this bloodlust. It's a common story element. It's pretty obvious. Very Blade the series. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty obvious, but at least it's something. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you'd have done that, some of the other things that happen toward the end make maybe a little bit more sense. If, if Milo is drinking regular blood, he's probably stronger. So maybe the fight's not balanced. as balanced. And his girlfriend winds up dying and he drinks her blood for the final battle. Mm-hmm. Not for any particular reason. It just, he does uh-huh. to, to get stronger. This wasn't a sacrifice or anything. She was dying anyway. That's the thing. Uh-huh. Is she's going to die anyway. And again, you you can argue about Obviously, a better story beat would have been if he could have figured out a way of doing this without killing her. It feels like this is the only thing he could do. And he decides not to and fights him weakened, but still overcomes and he keeps his humanity. That's an interesting story beat. Uh, Succumbing and drinking her to beat him 
because he needs the strength. It's not as good of a story beat, but it's passable. Drinking her just because she's dying anyway, who cares? <laughs> okay, why even bother to do that? Okay. Yeah. But it, it happens. Now, oh, don't worry. She turns into a vampire at the end. You see her open her eyes and they're red. I, I don't know why. Does she hate him for turning her well, into a We vamp- don't know. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Nope. There's no telling. I'm, okay. I'm sure we'll see. That would be a good conflict for Morbius, too, if that was a thing. Yeah. I she will. hated what he did to her. But... Even though she yeah. asked him to do it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It was her idea, uh-huh. which, again, why? And there was a drop of blood, I guess, it dropped it on her lip and she licked it off. And I guess, okay. although Morbius isn't like a real vampire, I guess, story, it needed to happen. <laughs> and then we come to the after credit scenes. Okay. And oh boy, just when you thought, <laughs> just when you thought this bland sandwich couldn't get any blander. <laughs> you see a crack in the sky that looks really familiar if you've seen Spider-Man No, no Way, Way Home. Home. And then in a jail cell, you see Vulture appear. First time in the movie. By the way, the whole him talking to Morbius, that whole scene, mm-hmm. never appeared in the movie at all. Had nothing to do with the movie. Mm-hmm. You just see him appear in a cell. And then you see a, a news report that they had to let him go because, of course, he's in this other world now. They don't know who Adrian Toomes is, and they sure don't have any reason to hold him. So they just let him go. Mm-hmm. And first of all, you're sitting here thinking to yourself, why, why did this happen? It doesn't match up with No Way Home and why all that stuff happened, and why is he here? Yeah, he just appears. And then you get uh, a few more credits, and you get this scene of Michael Morbius driving in his car to this abandoned location out in the middle of nowhere, and meets up with the vulture, who says, we need to get together and maybe we can start doing some good. To which Morbius says, I'm intrigued. I'm like, doing some good? Why does the vulture want to, quote unquote, do some good? Why does he suddenly want to be a hero? Now, obviously, in Spider-Man Homecoming, he decided not to betray Spider-Man, and we understand why he did it, but he wants to be a hero now. And so I suspect what sony is trying to do is now that they've got craven the hunter coming out apparently they want to turn a handful of spider-man's rogues galleries into a sinister six but a good guy sinister six they want to turn some of spider-man's rogues gallery into a light version of suicide squad Hmm. Mm -hmm. which do we really want suicide squad light do is that (laughs) diet yeah, Diet Suicide Squad, okay. May, you know, so that's obviously their plan, but again, it's very much like The Mummy and how Universal wanted to build this entire dark universe. And the first movie they put out for this didn't do so well, so uh, much so that it killed the whole thing. Oh, uh, okay. And this may be going down the same road, although they've already started shooting Craven the Hunter, so I think they're going to continue to go with it. But man, it's just... Again, just this idea of this team-up. we got these characters. Let's throw them together and have our version of the Suicide Squad or maybe the Avengers. We'll have our own Avengers created from characters that were Spider-Man villains, and we're going to basically take Spider-Man out of it completely. If you got Venom and the Vulture and Morbius and Kraven the Hunter, and I guess they'll need to introduce some other people, maybe Black Cat. 
But, yeah, we're just going to create this team of people that used to have stuff to do with Spider-Man and <laughs> don't really anymore and create a franchise. Um, not saying that it couldn't work. Maybe it could work. I don't know. I just... It's not really anything that I'm interested in. And on top of having to sit through the movie that I just had to sit through, <laughs> I'm not that enthusiastic about it, if we're being at all honest. In other words, meh. Meh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I have to tell you, the, the Craven the Hunter thing, I wasn't all that excited about it to begin with because I wasn't sure where they were going to go with it. I think we're going to get another anti-hero story out of it. But I wasn't all that excited about it. Now that I've seen Morbius, I'm really not all that excited. If I got to give a review, like I said, it's not bad. It, it wasn't offensive to me at all. It just didn't really go anywhere. And no, don't go out in the theater and see this thing. I'm sure it'll be released on video sometime. Maybe if you're sitting at home watching it and you don't have a whole lot invested <laughs> that you can get through it, but... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good, but then again, it was just meh. meh. So there you go. There's my review. Mm-hmm. Meh. But let's talk about something that wasn't meh, and that was Moon Knight. And I w- do want to talk to you about this. I know you've seen it. Uh-huh. So what did you think about it so far? I want more. Okay. It was a lot, or it felt like a lot. I went in knowing, okay, I'm, I'm looking at Fight Club. I don't know much about Moon Knight or anything, but knowing you're going into Fight Club or The Dark Half or Secret Window. So... That kind of helped me. If you didn't know that and you didn't know that was going on, that might have turned me off. But I can understand why they did that. We're going to wait till this last possible minute to show you. Last scene. Here it is. Here's what's been going on. Here he is. And Moon Knight. Boom. Moon Knight. And everything that's ever happened in Marvel, all the horrible things, nothing was as cringy as Ethan Hawke putting glass in his shoes. Oh my gosh, Brian. I could barely handle that. I enjoyed it. It felt very Doctor Who, very Sherlock, because the accents and the the way it was shot even had that kind of BBC feel to it. And I think they did a good job with that. So I do want to see more. This first episode was a bit overwhelming for me. Might have been a way to describe it for me anyway. But I'm excited. Stephen Grant, uh, there's way too many Stevens in Marvel. We got Stephen Strange, Stephen Grant Rogers. We got too many Stevens. But he's not only Stephen. We also get to meet Mark and the rest. And so we're getting ready to meet them. So I do want more. I kind of wish that we had had two episodes. Give me two episodes rather than just one Uh to begin with. That's what I would have preferred. If I would have had a little bit more, this one was just a little throw throw this in your face. You may not know what's going on kind of thing. That's the way I feel, but I do want to see more and I am excited about it. Oh, yeah. And I can see why they did the show that way because mm-hmm. you really get the feel for what Stephen Grant is going through because yes. he has no idea what's going on. Mm-mm. And so we get it all from his viewpoint, which means that there's a ton of stuff that's happening that since he doesn't know about it, we don't know about mm-hmm. it. And so we're just as confused as he is. Mm-hmm. And I, I did enjoy that. And I like what Ethan Hawke is doing. This character that, that that he's playing, a character that is cut from the same cloth, mm-hmm. um, the mummy wrapping cloth of <laughs> Moon Knight that it works. Yeah. Although, once again, people may criticize and say, here we go. We've got another Marvel property 
where the villain is just an evil version of the main character. But I don't see that. But yeah. This guy, he's a zealot. He's a religious zealot. Yes. And he believes he's doing right because a god told him to do it. And yeah, that's he, not Stephen Grant at all. So yeah. Stephen Grant slash Mark Spector slash mm-hmm. Moon Knight, who is an avatar for Khonshu. And this character, who's an avatar of Amit. Mm-hmm. And so they're servants of two different Egyptian gods, mm-hmm. and they have powers because of it. So there are some parallels, but I, I do agree that, it, at least for me, it's not a negative. Mm-mm. I'm absolutely fine with that. Mm-hmm. And as far as not knowing exactly what's going on, from what I understand as the show goes along, you will get more information. But the way I understand it from what I've been seeing in interviews is Uh that up until the last episode, you're not going to know everything. Okay. So this is going to be like a rewatchable. Once you get to the end and you go back and you start seeing things that you didn't see before, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, I would hope that's the way it's going to go. But they said that the plan for this show is to keep you guessing right up to the very end. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm excited about it so far. I did enjoy the first episode. Mm -hmm. I love that chaotic nature of it. I didn't necessarily need to know everything. And although I'm familiar with Moon Knight, I wasn't a really big fan of the comics. I didn't read a mm-hmm. lot of it. And a lot of the multiple personalities, the disassociation that you see with the character now wasn't something that was with the character from the beginning. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, he just basically had a lot of aliases. And he was a villain to start off with. He oh, was a villain. Okay. He fought against uh, Werewolf by Night, who was the hero. But one thing that I've seen uh, a lot of this online is that there's been a bit of confusion about this show as to how much a part of the MCU that it is. And some people ha- started to get this idea in their head, and I've seen it reported places, that this is very much like Agents of Shield and the uh, Netflix uh-huh. shows where adjacent, yeah, they're adjacent but not exactly part of the MCU, which mm-hmm. they have been denying. They're saying no, this is a part of the MCU, but what they've been saying is where it fits into the MCU, we're being deliberately obtuse about. There's a reason why they're not letting you know exactly in the timeline where mm-hmm. they are and where they necessarily fit in that's part of what the show is about is not necessarily knowing but then again marvel does tend to play their cards really close (laughs) right the best example Mm -hmm. because we've been talking about the the whole thing about thor and we are so close to thor love and thunder and we still don't have a trailer nothing yep we have nothing (laughs) and i've been wondering why and this is my theory i think the reason we haven't gotten a trailer yet of course First of all, a bunch of the Marvel movies got shifted around. And we should have already seen Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And the fact that we haven't, here's what I'm thinking. I am thinking the reason why we haven't seen a trailer for Thor yet is because stuff that's happening in Thor, if they even showed us a trailer, it would spoil stuff for the movie, for for Doctor Strange. Yeah, But that's part of the danger of doing... cinematic universe like marvel does is that since the movies relate to each other in such a strong way in Mm -hmm. many cases sometimes you can't really tip off what's going to happen in in a movie down the road because you haven't shown this movie that it's that some of the stuff's based off of so i think it seems likely that something major is going to happen in multiverse of madness that's all they've been talking about is how this is going to change the Marvel Cinematic Universe forever. Yeah. (laughs) And so 
I can see that they're going to have to wait until Multiverse of Madness is out so you don't wreck it with a new trailer. So okay. I would say that's probably what's going on. Mm-hmm. But that also means, man, what are we about to see? Right. But, <laughs> oh, good Lord, I'm just the rumors that have mm-hmm. been circulating around about Multiverse of Madness has been crazy. But again, it's like we said last time, when you don't have news, rumors... You make it up. You mm-hmm. have to make it up because that's all there is. Yep. But right now, Moon Knight... I think even though we don't see a lot of references to the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. I think it needs to develop in itself, but honestly, Moon Knight as a character, once that's developed, you can pretty much do anything. And you're really opening up a whole bunch of new possibilities in the Cinematic Universe with that character. Mm-hmm. And with... All the things they're talking about with possibly bringing Matt Murdock back. There's just so many possibilities now that we have right. with this. Uh, mm-hmm. And I do feel your pain because I would have loved to have had an, another episode or two of that show mm-hmm. to see where Just it's to gonna... help me out. This is me personally. This is just Mandy. I, w- I would have liked to have had just a little, little bit, little more taste. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we'll get that next week. And, and we shall see. Yeah. And with that said, we come to the end of episode 145. Thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. For Mandy Petrick, this is Brian Hatcher, reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the GeekWatch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The GeekWatch podcast is a Hanging J production.